Welcome to another episode of Propcast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shionbala and Bimbala Osaige. Hey, Bimbala. Hey, Dami. How are you doing? Hope you're I'm well and excited and busy. I'm good, thank you. Yep, yep. Busy, busy, busy. Just, I finished the, uh, the property in Wolfhamstone. Yeah. So- no, Let just, the money uh, start rolling, rolling, rolling well, in. <laughs> looking for <laughs> looking for tenants now. <laughs> so, oh, that's um, amazing! I've onboarded the first tenant, so yes, for a few more, and uh, so you know we can make rent roll and uh, <laughs> and all the bills that come with it. So that is amazing. It's been happening. That's amazing. Well done. Well done. Yeah, I wanted to ask you this on camera, <laughs> as they say on camera. <laughs> On the podcast, that's amazing. So it took you just to, for the benefit of our listeners. So do you want to do a quick summary of what that means and how long it took you? Maybe like for a minute for someone that didn't catch the last podcast. Sure. So this was a rent to rent deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the the it was an unusual, slightly unusual one. Um, the it wasn't um it wasn't a property that was rented out already. It was a family home. The family were moving back to um, their um, native country, and as a result, um, you know they didn't want to let go of the house, but they needed someone to um, to either rent it or you know look after it while they're away. So, um, got talking to the owner. Um, we came to an agreement. Then we refurbished the house. We made it. We brought it up to the HMO requirement standard. So you know, the fire systems. Um, the little things on those doors to make them fire, you know, the fire safety doors, all of those things that you need, um, in order to, um, you know, rent a house as, as a, as a house of multiple occupation. Excellent. So that took about, I would say, as usual, you know, builders said it would take two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and as it usual, took how long? As usual, it, 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 it's a, I would probably say um, five weeks. Of course, uh, of course. <laughs> that that's a good builder right there. The fact that they didn't finish to the estimated time is a sign of a good builder. So uh, yeah, it took to yeah, it took about five weeks. Mm. And, um, so yeah, that's recently been finished, and uh, um, and now um, yeah, it's on spare rooms, and we're looking for we're looking for tenants. So excellent. Um, like I said, onboarded the first tenant last week, and um, yeah, looking for more tenants now. So beautiful, well done. That is so what about nice. You? What's been going on? So I was working on well, actually, I'm working on several projects, but the one that I would like to share today is um. So one of the one that I um, were currently refurbishing. So this is one for my client, but I'm project managing the whole transaction. So at the moment we're refurbishing, and as just like you, the builder did say it would take, um, how long did he say? I think it said it would take about six to seven weeks. I think we're on our eighth week right now, and I'm really hoping that it finishes this week. Otherwise, we might go into the ninth week. But yes. he, I mean, it's almost done. Where he's, they, 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 the last thing they're doing right now is just fitting the kitchen and the, the bathroom. The tiling has been done. Most of the tiling has been done. All the room, you know, all the rooms already. It's just been repainted. Mm-hmm. It's been painted right now and then carpeted this week. And I've started buying furniture or started to look at furniture. So I'm also hoping that 
between the next week, at least before the end of October, it should be fully furnished and ready to be uh, to be on to go on spare rooms. Um, the local agency, Gumtree, um, Open Rent, and everywhere else I can advertise. Again, we're looking at a four bed HMO in this instance. Um, it's close to a hospital, so hoping for that clientele. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. The good thing is we've kept it on the forum, so we don't have to get a license, um, because nice. we, um, it just, the layout of the property actually didn't allow for the five rooms. So we're, we're going to keep it at the forum. It still makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, and my clients are also looking to remortgage right now because it was a cash buy. We've done the refurb. So he said it's a BRR plus HMO strategy all in one. So I'm loving it. I, I love things like this. Um, I'm actually yes. quite excited to see what the finished product will look like. So Excellent. yeah, and sure will. I'll be posting that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I will be posting that uh, for anyone that cares to see. Yeah, so that's one of the ones that I'm so excited about right now. And I've got others in the pipeline as well. So yeah, good. Well done. Well done to both of us, right? We're not. We're obviously okay. not playing. We're out no. here on the streets making monies. <laughs> you got to keep moving, right? You we got to keep moving. We've got, we've got mouth to feed. We've got mouth to feed. Lots <laughs> to pay. <laughs> so between the two of us, this is crazy, right? Between the two of us, we have seven children. That's a lot of kids, man. That is a lot of children. That's a lot of children. That's a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> got lots of mouth to feed. So, yeah, we've got to keep going. Yeah. Okay, well let let's get into today's um let's get into today's topic and this is something that I'm so excited that we're gonna be talking about. Um so I guess I can just go straight into it. So today uh, on today's episode we're going to be talking about finding the property deals, uh, but the deal in itself finds the money. So there's this saying that I heard so many years ago in my training, um, when you find the deal, the deal will find the money. And it's basically saying that let your focus as an investor be to find those fantastic deals. Yes, you're going to need money to do the purchase. You're going to need money for the refurb. You're going to need money at every stage of your property investment journey. Um, However, let your focus be on finding those deals because the moment you find yourself a fantastic deal, the deal itself will find the money. So I don't yeah. necessarily mean that the, the property will go out looking for money, but the, you know, the, the logistics of the deal, the numbers in the deal, the juiciness of the deal would basically find the money. So, um, yeah, so that's today's topic. Um, and I suppose the reason why, and the, the, the reason why this is important and the reason why I, th- I feel like we really need to talk about this is because if I were to ask you, Dami, when you started in your journey, um, when I were to ask you, what is, you know, what is, what is number one hindrance or the number one challenge that most people have to invest in, in properties? What would you say from your experience, from hearing from people, even now that you're already doing it, what is the number one challenge? Uh, number one challenge is always cash. It's the cash, right? Money. Um, you know, because uh, deals, deals are out there plenty and, uh, that the number one stumbling block is, is the, is the, is the idea that, um, you need lots of money in order to start, um, or you need money to fund deals or, yeah, you just need lots of money to, to buy properties, especially let's say if you're in the south, uh, of, of England where 
um, house prices tend to be typically um, way above the the uh, the average. So so yeah. Um, so answer your question. Um, yeah, money would be the number one challenge. Yes, it is, and and and, it, and there's a lot of truth in that, uh, because just like in everyday life, we. As human beings, we want a lot of good things. Uh, every, I know everyone wants good things for themselves, for their family, um, but not everyone has the capacity to get those good things, especially not the way that you dream of it. And, you know, we, we live in the real world and, you know, money is the currency, <laughs> you know, money is the currency. We exchange our time for money. We exchange our sweat, our, you know, our everything for money because that's that's what we need so of course money is a big deal however um and again this literally goes into the mindset that we ought to have when it comes to being an investor you know when it comes to investing when it comes to taking risks when it comes to doing something out of the extraordinary your mindset has got to change you've got you cannot afford to keep on the same mindset as you had otherwise you won't get anything done so when i heard this so many years ago i i, I didn't necessarily believe that then i just thought you know how can you go find property deals and you don't have any money or you don't know how you're going to fund these deals you know what's going to happen and i remember i also remember back then and i still hear a lot of people telling telling a lot of um, my mentors say this now as an investor you're constantly meant to be looking for deals constantly putting ridiculous offers in in the you know <laughs> in and just just do it so anyway mm-hmm. i'm going to share some examples some real life examples of mine and i hope that that really illustrates this point so personally when i started um, I used, you know, just like everybody else, I would save up a bit of money. Um, and then once I know I had a bit saved and I know exactly what the mortgage would give me, I know exactly what I had in my bank account. I would then go out and look for properties within that price range and I would find a good one and I would do the, do, do, do the necessary and then I would buy this property. But of course, as you know, there's only so many times you can do that. You are going to run out of cash. Um, unless you have an endless pot or you have a money tree in your garden, no matter how much you have saved, you would always run out of cash unless you do something creative with it. And I suppose that's where all these creative strategies have come about. You know, the buy, refurbish, refinance comes in where you're able to take that pot of money and buy your property, refinance and get the money out and then do it again because otherwise you would run out of money. So anyway, um, I, I want to share one example. Um, so as a girl, as a lady, when I was growing up, uh, when I was in my teenage years, or should I say, not, yeah, teenage stroke uni, uni days, I remember then I would go to, this happened to me on two occasions, where I went into a shop, I saw a pretty dress that I really liked, and I didn't have the money, and I, I left it and went home. But I realized that I just couldn't get my mind off that dress I couldn't get my mind off that shop I, I was constantly it was literally in my thought so much so that I started to re- think of ways to get me to buy this dress and eventually I went back and I bought it I don't know how long it took me um, but I don't think it took that long because obviously the, the dress was still in fashion it was still in season and I yeah. think from that age I realized that actually when you want something and you want it bad enough your mind, your subconsciousness would start to work over time to make sure that you get it. And I suppose for anyone that has read 
the story, the, the book, the secret or watch the video or the whole concept of vision boarding. That's literally what happens where you want something um, and your subconsciousness helps you with everything else that you're doing to, 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 to make it um, reachable. So that's the whole concept of, you know, find a deal and a deal finds some money. So I want to share an example um, that I, I realized. So six years ago, um, I think I only really started implementing this, this mindset um, six years ago or seven years ago, actually. So I remember then we were looking to move um, homes. Um, we had outgrown our house and we wanted a bigger house. And we wanted to be closer to a particular school district. So I remember then we were looking at the area, the town where my children's school was, and it was quite an expensive area and we just couldn't find anything that we liked that was within our budget. Lots of nice properties, but just not within our budget. And I remembered seeing one property in particular, and it was so it was really nice, um, very expensive, and I really didn't think we could afford it. In fact, we couldn't afford it. But I made a decision that day, and I said to my husband, you know what, I'm just tired of all these expensive properties. I actually want to go over there and see why these properties are this expensive, why this price tag, like what's so special about this house or this street that this price tag is so high. So we decided that we were going to view. Now, obviously, as an estate agent, when you call an estate agent, they ask you all these questions and, you know, I gave them the right answers. I knew that I had no intention of buying this property because I couldn't afford it, but I wanted to go and have a look. So we went. Anyway, we got there. It was a young couple. I remember there was a young Asian couple with the owners. We got talking, very lovely couple, um, kind of around the same age group as we were. They lived there for a while. They'd improved it. It was a nice road, good school area. Um, and then we got talking. And, that, and obviously, we were there thinking, okay, well, I just want to see why this house is so expensive. And I, I get why it's expensive to an extent, although it was quite a small property and it'd been with, um, re, um, it'd been you know, the loft had already been converted, the annex had already, like there was no other space for growth. It was, that was it, you buy it and that's it. But it was nice when we got talking. But then what happened then was on our way home, my husband and I were discussing, I thought, you know, this is really, a really nice house and I know we can't afford it, you know, that, that was, you know, so nice. And then we said, but hold on, hold on, hold on. How much do we need, even if we could buy this property, how much would we need to buy this house? So we started calculating how much we felt we would need for deposit, for stamp duty, the legal fees. And now the journey home was about 30 minutes. And I kid you not, in 30 minutes, we were able to afford this property because we started to talk about the different ways. So obviously our mind started to get creative. We started mm-hmm. to look at opportunity. We had to start looking, if we remortgage this property, if we work this number of months, if we save this much, if we get money from here, if we get money from there, like we were just, our mind was buzzing. And I was shocked that 30 minutes after something that we had just gone to view for the sake of seeing, it was actually something we could afford to buy if we choose to. Obviously we didn't. We actually did it because this property, like I said, had already been extended up sideways. So there was no room for any further extension. So in my mind, I thought, well, if I'm going to spend that much money, I want to be able to add more value later on. So it was a no-no in terms of buying. But what happened then was a mind-blowing experience for both of us because it was like we found a deal. We found an opportunity. And even though we, at the time when we found this opportunity, we didn't know that we had any money. 
we had no intention of buying. Um, but by the time we left, we had found a way to afford this property. It was just for me, it was a, it was an experience that I will never forget for the rest of my life. And it was an experience that shifted for me. And I think from then on, I started to think about my property deals with that mindset where I would go looking for opportunities, not necessarily having the exact money in my, in my bank account, but every single time I've done this, I have found a good deal and that good deal has always found money for the purchase. Mm. And I can share, I can go on and on, but I'll, 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 th- I'll, I'll let you um, weigh in on that. Or I, mean, I don't know if similar stuff has happened to you or you can relate or you want to ask me further questions. But yeah, I've got lots and lots of, of examples. But I think for me, it was important that I shared that because that was the point where that word became so real to me and it literally changed the course of the way that I saw deals and investing and money and just creatively finding a means to to purchase a property yeah yeah um i I think yeah i certainly um agree that you know one of the things that uh, you know as we said one of the stumbling blocks is is money um and when you maybe take your mind and focus away from that um and you go out there and you find something, you're, you're right. You're then able to start thinking of the different ways, um, you know, you can finance um, a deal. And there are many, like, different ways as well, you know. Um, I think we both attended, um, a, I think we met, actually, we met. we met Yeah, at, at the Creative Finance course, course yeah. Um, which is where, <clears throat> you know, they were explaining to us that, the, all the different, not all the different ways, but um, different ways to think about financing deals. Um, you know, I once heard something and um, I once heard someone say, there's always a cost to money, mm-hmm. like money costs something. So it, it's then, it's then, it's for you to basically figure out, okay, you know, if if all money costs something, whether that's your savings or you borrow from one of, you know, the major institutions or you find um, s- somebody who's got a bit of cash in a bank and is ready to give it out to someone to earn a bit more, you know, um, than what they're getting in a bank. Everything costs some, so money costs, money costs something. So it's, it's for you to try and figure out the least, uh, the, the way you can get your hands on money for the least amount, you know, that you would have to, or, you know, that it'll cost you, mm-hmm. um, getting your hands on money in the, in the least expensive way. So yeah. for example, if you're going to use a bridge, uh, which is a very popular way that people buy, um, you know, properties, they'll go to a bridging company. Um, but we all know that bridging is a bit more expensive than the, um, than the traditional, you know, mortgages, but then you can move fast. You can move quickly and you can get deals done, you know, in a matter of, uh, in a matter of weeks as opposed to maybe, I don't, I don't know, right? Maybe like you can get, you can get deals done in two weeks. Yeah. What, what was the quickest? You've just done the quickest one for you, haven't you? Which was you completed in, in what? Uh, we completed in three weeks, but that's because we were buying it with cash. Yeah. But um, I've but, also uh, used the bridge 
yeah. learned as complete as well, the bridge aspect of the transaction is completed yeah. within um, from from evaluation to offer about two weeks. Yeah. So because bridges is essentially it's almost like having cash, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you can complete something in a matter of two to three weeks as opposed to you know um, six to eight weeks that it might take you if you were mm-hmm. going down a traditional route. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, but again, you know, that, that costs something. Having that access to that type of money, um, that type of vehicle, it costs, it will cost you a bit more in the long run than if you had cash in the bank or if you had a private investor. So, um, yeah, yeah, so it, it, you know, money is, is out there in abundance. It and is. It's to figure out how you can get, your hands on it, not yeah. to be, you know, not to be like dodgy with it or anything, but to um, wisely use it as a way to fund your own deals that you're finding, fund your own purchases that you're finding and not um, having the mindset that, oh, I need to save for five, ten years. By all means, do your own savings, um, you know, by all means do that. But at the same time, don't let that be a stumbling block for you to yeah. get into property investment because, there are people out there who have money in the bank. Um, you know, I was speaking to one of my friends recently, and uh, he he um, he is he's a BBC. <laughs> he gave me this term. What is a BBC? <laughs> BBC. Uh, a BBC is a British-born Chinese, um, and uh, he gave me this term. Um, so it's not. I don't think it's. Um, a bad term. It's just a. It's, it's a term that they use, and um, he's very much interested in attracting um, overseas investors. Now, overseas being um, uh, uh, investors from Hong Kong, China, and mm. so on. And um, <clears throat> he was talking to another um, uh, another one of his friends, and he was explaining the concept of how how um, people think in China. So yeah. there's a lot of wealthy people in China. But okay. the problem is that their government can tomorrow come up with a rule mm. to take that money away from people. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it. So a lot of wealthy people, their main concern is how can they preserve this money so that their government can't you know, eat the money up. Imagine if we're in this country and Boris can come up with a law tomorrow that would just extract wealthy people's money. Uh-huh. Well, they're kind of doing that, <laughs> just not directly. <laughs> People will be running away, right? So They're kind of uh, doing that with the stamp duty, with the yeah, taxes, well, they do but obviously stealthily, not... <laughs> stealthily, stealthily. But, um, yeah, so, but it looks like, you know, uh, it, it, in, in China or in, in these places, the government can just come up with ways to basically... Yeah. Uh, take whether that's tax or whatever. So anyway, so a lot, a lot of them would rather take their money and you know and send it and send it overseas. Yeah. You know, so that because even the and that's why you know a lot of them invest in London. Mm. They don't care that it's expensive or the yield is mm. low or mm. you know they're just more particular about their money being safe. And, you know, their money uh, being safe and they can preserve it that way 
um, because it's out of, you know, Hong Kong or China and it's out of the banks and everything and it's in a safe place. So now imagine you're able to attract someone like that, uh, uh, an investor from overseas. You work with them and you show them, okay, these are the deals. These, this is how it's going to work. Mm. You just need one person who has got, you know, a decent amount of cash and that can fund you for, you know, that can fund you for a few deals. And yep. then you find someone else and yep. that, you know, yep. same, same process and you keep going and going and going. So, yeah. um, money is out there and, money uh, is out there. it's, 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 it's not letting it be a stumbling block. And I think that's your message, right? That Don't is, that is a stumbling block for you. Um, because there are different ways you can finance the deals. And if you don't know how, if you're a bit scared or if you're thinking, no, this is not possible, then, you know, get on a course, you know, get, you know, you offer, you offer certain courses, mm. you know, one of them brothers course where she'll take, take you through and say, uh, and kind of give you even more in depth and, um, you know, breakdown of how you can get into property without needing lots of cash, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. But there's a lot of money, a lot of money out there. Because also, if you think about the fact that um, if you think to yourself, well, I don't have any money, your mind stops you from even wanting to go find opportunities mm. or you limit yourself to the certain type of opportunity you can based on what your mind is saying to you, which is you don't have money. However, yeah. if you believe that there's a lot of money out there, then you're able to go ahead and find the deals possible. Now, you know, we talked a bit about creative finance, which I suppose we might, we'll probably do another podcast just specifically looking into some of the strategies, some of the ways that you can creatively find finance. But I believe that the reason why creative finance, the reason why people creatively um, are looking for ways to raise money is because of this same concept of find the deal, then the deal finds the money. Um, otherwise it would just be the traditional, you make money, you spend it, you make money, you spend, and that would take everyone years to achieve their goals. So the whole concept of creatively finding finance or finding money is, you know, it, it's rooted in that term, term, find a deal, the deal finds the money. The whole concept of, um, of um, joint venturing. So that's another thing that I'm so big on, being able to work in partnership with other people. So again, I started, in fact, one of my, I started my joint venturing um, journey because I found a fantastic deal, not caring so much about the money. Actually, no, let me, let me tell another story about my first JV opportunity because it was a classic case of finding a deal and then the deal finding the money. So I remember then, thanks to my mentor at the time, we had gone out to do some viewing and um, we'd worked on some numbers and so on and so forth. So my mentor at the time looked at my current portfolio and being that he was my mentor, he was his, his, his aim was to push me. But then at that point in time, I, 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 I think I actually was looking to do a remortgage. So I knew I was going to get in some money. And based on what I thought I could get from the remortgage, I was just going to limit what I was looking for within that price range. Um, and I remember saying to you, you know, we started looking and then I remember him looking at literally almost double the prices of what I was looking at. And I'm thinking to myself, but why is he doing that? I don't have the money. So despite the fact that 
I already was building this mindset. I was tuning this mindset of find the deal, the deal finds the money. I suppose with everything in life, one day, one day you're up, one day you're down. So I think I was having that moment of, yeah, but I don't have the money. And then he mm. said to me, um, I don't understand. Which means you don't have the money. I said, oh, I don't have the money for this deal. And he said, but do you know people that have money? Then I paused. I thought, well, I might do, but I don't know if they want to invest with me. And then he started to ask me all these questions, like, do you have friends? Do you have family? Who, do, who are the people in your network? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, leave me alone. I just want to buy my own property. But anyway, my, my joint venture journey started from the fact that I found this opportunity. It was a fantastic opportunity. And it wasn't something that I had enough money to cover. And it started to get me to think outside of my bank account and to creatively find ways or means to 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 um to raise this fund. And one of the things, one of the assignments that I had was, is there a possibility that there are people out there that will be interested in coming on board with me? And um, I literally went from a place of, well, I wasn't quite sure if anyone would, to eventually I had four people interested and I only wanted two. So I literally even had to turn the other two down. Like I had to pick two out of four. And of course, if I know what I knew then, I really wouldn't be turning those two. I would be finding myself another opportunity. <laughs> but I did like, then I was like, let me just get this one. But now, you know, now I know better. But yeah, it was again, it was a classical example, a classic example of finding a property deal that worked. The numbers worked. It was juicy on paper. It was a done deal. It was something that needed to be purchased. And I said, yeah, in fact, I remember the day I offered. I actually offered on this property without, at the point when I offered, because my, my mentor said, go offer, because you need to offer on this deal so they can lock it in for you. Otherwise, if, if you're busy running around looking for money, someone else is going to come and take it. So I offered on the property and I didn't have enough money. But of course, that was like the beginning of my, my, my looking for money. I was all over the place looking for money. And, you know, eventually I, the deal went through. Everything was, you know, everything worked out in my favor. And that's another example. I mean, there's been so many examples. In fact, let me share another one. There's this other one that I, I went to see this property and, um, I, I thought, okay, I went away. I looked at the numbers. The numbers worked. It looked good on paper did my research. I was happy with the opportunity. And then of course, as usual, I offered. Now, I, I hope none of my estate agent buddies are listening to this podcast. And even if they, they are, no problem. I offer on properties before I find the money. And that's just the way that I operate. <laughs> so I offered and my offer got accepted. In fact, the day my offer got accepted, that, oh no, the offer has been accepted. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> so I kind of hesitated a bit when, when, the, when the, my phone rang. Because uh, I just knew that they were going to accept my offer. But anyway, they did. I took it and I said, okay, cool. Now, what the estate agent doesn't know is I, I, uh, the offer has been ex- ex- accepted, but the money is not complete. But they don't need to know that because the money will be complete, you know, because I found the deal. The deal <clears throat> is going to find the money. So I remember, <clears throat> you know, speaking to a couple of my friends about this opportunity. And I just prayed to them and I just left it. And it's funny because two days later, one of my friends called me and said, are you going ahead with that purchase? I'm like, of course I am. Have you found, um, how are you funding? I'm like, well, I, I suppose this could be a joint venture. Okay. How much do you need per investor? I told her. And then she said, okay, give me to give me an hour. I'll call you back. I kid you not. Within an hour, she called back and said, I've got 
the money. And I'm like, okay, now I needed a few people. But the moment she told me I've got the money, I felt like there is no way on earth. I'm going to call her back and say, this deal is off the table because I couldn't find anybody else. So I got working. And before I knew what was going on, I had literally, I had, I had the full, the full, um, the full number of what I needed. So for me, finding a deal, I would always say is like the most the, the the one that takes the most of my time is when I go looking for opportunities, making sure that the opportunities work, especially the you know the number crunching of it as well. For me, mm. that's my number one. That's what I spend the most of my time doing, finding opportunities. That's my number one. So that's the one that takes the most priority. I find deals. I look for deals. I'm number crunching deals. The money aspect, trust me, is the least. And it's for me, it's always the last thing on my own, you know, like, Sometimes I'm getting to even, <laughs> I'm a risk taker people. So I do a lot of things that I suppose my tip in my normal typical investor might not do, or some, some of my friends would think I'm crazy, but that's just me. I, I, I'm a firm believer that everything's going to work out for me. I'm a firm believer of believer of there's money out there. So I would run with transactions knowing that the money is coming. I, I, I never, or I rarely allow that to, um, to stop me. Um, yeah, so I can't preach this enough. Um, you have to find opportunities, find the right opportunities, find the right deal. The money bit would definitely come because you think about it. Everyone's looking for, most people are looking to make a good, um, opportunity. Like, I mean, you just told us about this whole people from China, perhaps looking to, to invest. And it's not just people from China. You have, I've got friends from Africa where, they are looking to invest their money in something that they know is legitimate, is tangible. It's not going to be, they're not going, they're not going to get a, a, someone call them and say, Oh, sorry, this is fake. So they're constantly looking for ways to invest their money or places to invest their money, uh, countries that they can bring their money into. So when you find mm-hmm. a fantastic deal and you present to these people, um, because it's a fantastic deal and there's money to be made, they're more likely to say, yes, I will do it. So that money yeah. that you're looking for, uh, would always come, but you just need to go find yourself a great deal, fantastic deal. Um, yeah, so I can go on and on on this topic, but here I, I hope the I hope the message has been. I uh, hope you've gotten the message. Um, never let money stop you from from excelling in this in this journey. Um, I think our next topic we should talk a bit more about creative finance. Uh, yeah. and, and that's one course for me that I would always go on. And by the way, I met Dami, obviously, like we said, we met at the creative finance because that's not the first time I've done such course. I've done, I mean, I've done that twice or three times in a different mm-hmm. organization. Like, I'm, like if I see or hear of a course, creative finance, I'm going to be there because there's so, like, there's so many more creative ways you can, you can fund your property deals. Um, so never, ever allow money to be a stumbling block. Uh, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have heard of one of the, the some of the simpler ways of raising um, raising money, you know, your, your 0% credit card, money transfers, yeah. bank of mom and dad, um, <laughs> getting your friends and family involved, your network and all that stuff. Again, this, th- th- you know, it's just to tell you that there is so many ways you can raise money, so many ways. You can raise money, you know, and it doesn't have to be just about you. 
So spend your time in finding the deals. Find your, spend your time in researching areas. Spend your time in doing the number crunching. Those are the most important aspects of your, your investment journey. And then the money bit would definitely, it's like mag, I feel like it's like magnet. Like your mm. money is money. I mean, money is meant to be spent and meant to be multiplied, right? So yeah. your money would always find its way to where it's going to be taken care of, or especially if you have the right mindset. Um, so finding the finding those opportunities is very very important because then the money will follow through. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So that's the message for for our listeners out there: find a deal and. Uh, the deal finds the money. We'll find the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if we can put it in another way, don't let money be a stumbling block to you starting your property investment journey. Um, there, there's, there is an abundance of, of money uh, out in the world. It's just being able to attract and find the right, um, the right, the right channel for you to access that money. Mm. So. With that being said, I think we can bring uh, this podcast to a close. We want to say thank you once again for to our listeners who are you know who continue to support us. Thank you for um, listening in. We hope it's been useful, and if you have found it useful, then we would love if you could just share it with one other person um, as we continue to grow our podcast as a as a as a major source of um, inspiration and good information in you know for 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 all things property bimbola as usual it's been inspiring it's been great go find those deals dummy (laughs) (laughs) yep awesome so until next time we shall speak again thank you bye guys